0: You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions
1: podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and barism Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot to. I can't remember. It seemed like the uh, what three Chiefs was there. Next week, I'm going to Chair, though. I'm going to try to hit Cigar City too. Let's try.
0: Let's try. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We can just get it
1: started. All right, here we go. Evan here. We're sitting in Ryan's basement. Hello. Thanks for hosting. Graciously, since the girls are um, in their nice little um, scheduled sleep time, so this is a good (laughs) time to just uh, have a beer, uh, talk about stuff, and then it's back to parenting duties, uh, myself included as well. Uh, Mark, I know is enjoying, uh, I think his first day of spring break, a long spring break for them. Um, at least I saw, we saw a picture today of uh, them enjoying a little bit of nicer weather, uh, some seafood, and I'm sure Mark has had half of his treehouse beers by now. So
0: yeah, even that we're uh, getting a little bit of a shift in weather here, um, he's definitely enjoying a lot better sunshine and good amount of heat where he's at. So good for him.
1: Yeah. It's time to get out of the slump of this winter. Of course this is the first day of spring so that's exciting too. Let's hope it sticks around. Beers of the week? Uh go ahead, why don't you go first?
0: Well, I'm going to be quick on my main beer of the week was Fundamental Observation 2017 that would be batch 3 fo oh. from Bottle Logic Brewing out of Irvine, California. Mhm. I think it's Irvine. Irvine? Sounds right. Um Anaheim. around that area. Anaheim. Anaheim. I think Anaheim. actually Anaheim. Yeah. Uh Anyways, I should know that since I've been there a few times. But uh, it's all right, we'll honorable that. mention was the Pliny the Elder clone that you brewed for uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend that uh, turned out to be great. My wife loved it, and and she didn't know you brewed it when she first took uh, a couple sips and was just like, this is great. Who's this by? <laughs> um, so uh, I think we all got a kick out of that. And Oculus Brewing. Oculus Brewing. That's right. So that was a really good one. I think you said Thanks. 7.8%. Um very just perfectly carbed, uh, nice bitter backbone, a um, little bit of malty, nice citrus sweetness. Uh, good combination for a Saturday afternoon, little yeah. cookout and, and uh, uh, all of that. So It was two, fun th- to brew. Two great ones to talk about. So what do you got? Um, we
1: later had Coffee Shop Vibes that night uh, by oh, that Shared so Brewing, good. and that was the 2019 Duarte Colombian. Um, coffee variant. So these are, as they describe it, inky yeah. and viscous. Uh, which I think would, that's
0: the first time I've heard inky used inky. for a stout, which it's very, very accurate. Yeah.
1: And these things are just like almost liquid coffee. Um, you get a ton of coffee on the nose, that dry, dusky sort of, you know, freshly ground coffee. You get a ton on, you know, your palate, and then you get a ton on the aftertaste too. They're just like, if you're a coffee-heavy person, or if you're not stay away from it and I'll drink it for you but they're very robust
0: and full-bodied and thick. Yeah, really bold, full-flavored. Even if you didn't like coffee, if you like chocolate, it would be something I would still almost say give it a try because uh it's just so good that it may <laughs> it may shift your oh, yeah. palate to like coffee more or you may not even care cuz the uh the stout part of it's so good, so
1: yeah, and and there were some notes of caramel in there too, which apparently comes from a lot from two from the coffee. Um, but I think we kind of picked out some of that. But that was for kind sure. of uh the highlight at least of my night uh on Saturday. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, those are yeah, it's just amazing. We I know we talk about side project a lot, but for what they did with shared to uh to allow for uh a little bit of an expansion, um uh, kind of a side project of side project. <laughs> Uh, but to allow them to do non-barrel-aged beers, but more importantly, to let some of their assistant brewers get a little bit more uh, experimental and, and do some of their own beers and uh, have kind of Corey oversee it um, a little bit differently than what he does for Side Project. And they are pumping out just as good of stuff, almost, I guess you could say, as Side Project, um, so even though that, not everything is barrel-aged. Is
1: that like the side project of various brewers and assistant brewers there, or is that kind I, of headed by...
0: I think it's, uh, I think, I I don't know the details, but I think the, maybe one or two main ones, um, that work for Corey are uh, kind of the ones that head up shared. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Corey, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously a uh, subsidiary or, or or sister company of side projects. So Corey and Karen King own it, Um, baby. and, uh, but you know, IPAs and some saisons and pilsners that they're doing are, are really good too, but it's, uh, it's a nice combination, um, but uh, the expansion of it, just kind of a unique concept that uh, not a lot of breweries have done. It kind uh, of mirrors kind the of just, Hill Farmstead thing. Yeah, um, but changing it up a little bit and, and allowing for a little bit of uh, their people to do uh, do some bigger things while still working there is just pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's like whenever there's an empty vessel, it's like, here's your chance or yeah, here's your absolutely. opportunity.
0: absolutely. Love it. Absolutely love it. So
1: so we got into drinking a couple of cherry beers. Um, one is from, an, you know... Oh, I'll try it. I've had a couple of these before, uh, at least from this brewery. OEC, out of Oxford, Connecticut. Ordinem Ecentrisi Coctores, LLC. I'm
0: glad you tried it, not
1: me. <laughs> well, I practiced a couple times before uh, before we started. But OEC, they're out of uh, Oxford, Connecticut. And this is the um, uh, Cerasus. Cerasis. Again, here's my... Um, uh, French probably screwing things up. Hmm. Lampic ale brewed with cherries blended uh, with young sour ale aged in oak barrels and filtered and pasteurized and bottle conditioned 6.2%. Again, the description was quite extensive here. Uh, This is an interpretation of a Belgian-style creek with slight tweak. This blend was done using three-year-old Hansen's Creek um, with uh, Charbixi cherries, and a Sour Saison that was matured 12 months in South African red wine barrels with fresh... South
0: African red wine barrels is not something you see being used by American breweries. Yeah. (laughs) Ever, yeah. Ever outside of uh, making South African wine.
1: And with fresh sour cherries from Tony's parents' backyard. And I assume Tony is the brewer slash owner or somebody involved. So these bottles are pretty. I like their um, labeling. You'll see that up on our on our social media pages. Um but that was one of our cherries and the other one go ahead and describe that one.
0: Yeah, this is by Fanta Florbury out of oh gosh, I always forget the town. Uh Morganton, North Carolina, up in the mountains, uh kind of between I think like Charlotte and Nashville. Um but a little bit out of the way, a little bit more uh kind of north uh, in the mountain areas, but uh their style, they always called an Appalachian Wild Ale. So while we have the OEC as a Lambic style or a Lambic, um, basically we're talking about two sours here. This one's with Montmorency and Balaton cherries. It's a 6.4%, uh, Appalachian Wild Ale. So two, uh, 16.9 ounce bottles. And I did it blind for Evan, uh, while he was setting up here. So we'll see what he has to think. But, uh, I thought it was an interesting combination just to try them side by side. Uh, OEC is not one that we've really talked about a lot. I think they really um, are very highly spoken of in the Northeast, but I think they do have some pretty high limitations on um, how many what their output is. So I don't think they're yeah. uh, easy to acquire. They're definitely not on the hype train, but uh, most people I think in the Northeast would say that's incorrect. Um Because everybody
1: wants the hazies out of America. Maybe it's because they're
0: not making hazies. Maybe it's because they don't have the sexy description, or you know, no pastry stouts. Who knows? Um, But that was uh, pretty
1: sexy description.
0: It's uh, the bottles. You know, the artwork on the labeling. This uh, they look like wine bottles. They look like small wine bottles. The Latin um, names of the beers and things like that. I'm sorry, yeah, Latin. Everything that they do, I think, is really cool. So the few things that I've had have been really good. Both of these. I thought you said you had a French background. <laughs> no, I said, I said, despite the lack of, but I thought you said, because, uh, you didn't get the Latin because wow, of your French background. Good
1: gracious. Screwed <laughs> but, that up.
0: Uh, sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh,
1: no, that's fine. I should be called out on that. That's, that's
0: embarrassing. Very subtly call you out there for the Latin part. So, um, but yeah, I mean, these are two very, very similar styles, even though they're, um, quite differently described, but, um. Two really, really great American breweries doing really good things in very unique locations. And even, uh, even Fauna Flora, they're a little bit more popular, but they're kind of off the hype train too. Because I think if it's not called a lambic made from Belgium, I think this type of fruited sour almost isn't even a big deal anymore. Jester King, Side Project Sours don't get as much hype. It seems like it's all kind of shifted towards the hazies and the, uh, pastry stouts. Pastry
1: stouts. Although, um, well, I I guess I don't know. Um, I I just don't think it's probably. And I may have said this before. It's a style that appeals to lots of people, and I don't think sure. that you know people get you know get upset stomachs from drinking too many sours and stuff like that. So and and people are like, oh, sour beer. I don't want to try that, even though these are quite quaffable. I mean, they're really kind of thirst quenching. Yeah, they are, um, even though they're tart, but personally, when I blinded these two, I feel like it's pretty easy to tell one from the other. Do you feel the same way knowing what they are?
0: Uh, I'll answer the question after you keep going. All right,
1: so, so mine on the left, I think, is the OEC because it just has, like, this says sour cherries, and I get a lot more sour cherries out of that one on the left. At
0: least I thought. <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs>
1: That's really weird. Unless because I, I
0: poured them incorrectly, but uh, I thought I it was. Did I switch them around? I, no, I thought it was obvious. The The two basically same size stout glasses are supposed to be the OEC. and
1: Yeah. Oh, no, the stout glasses. stout glasses, yeah. That's weird because I would have thought that this tasted a little bit more of got like some wood or some oak because I know the fauna flora does not have, is that on wood?
0: Oh I think so. Yeah. I think they're Oh okay. I think they're uh they don't say um the specifics, but I believe they are on either oak, just you know, new oak or uh wine barrels. Well let Okay, me, that <laughs> let me take let me take a sip of yours to give it a try.
1: And maybe I can I kind found of... it
0: to be obvious because the one <clears throat> that I'm certain is the Appalachian Wild Ale by Fauna Flora on my left here, I found to be much softer. And, yes, uh smoother and probably less tart, and so that's why I thought it was obvious with the o e c when they have sour cherries. I just found the other one to be much more tart huh yeah these the, uh, the yeah these two are in the are the same
1: all right I think I'm picking <laughs> up the same things, but I'm convincing I think they're myself
0: really similar I mean we talked about it before we started recording but uh, these and and we'll post a picture on our social media but these look identical. I mean, color uh So this clarity. is the OEC. That's no, in your left, in your hand right now is the Appalachian. Final I Four. think that's Well, I didn't pour them all, so give it a try. <laughs> Take that last sip Makes in the glass sense. and cool, and and pour a little bit more out.
1: Yeah, that's a little bit more... Fr- uh, see, that's the thing, is that has a lot more fresh cherry flavor, the stout, not the stout glass, but the tall glass. Like, it's just much more fresh. Yep. Like, cherry, intense cherry flavor. This is a lot more blended, and
0: that's probably because it is a blended beer. Yep. I would agree. Both are terrific. I would, in yep. my opinion. I mean, I think you couldn't go wrong with either one. <laughs> That's
1: hilarious. <laughs> like I, th- I think I was coming to the same conclusions, but I was interpreting it incorrectly. So it's a, it's a teaching point for myself. Well, yeah. we couldn't, we couldn't <clears throat> identify that, that cherry on the laboem this uh, this uh, weekend of the last podcast. Kyle brought. I heard he that, stumped you. Um, I think we all did pretty good on the sour, and it was wine barrel aged. But when it came to picking out the fruit, I think Mark was the closest. He had berries. Um. And, and like a, maybe a raspberry ish. But I think once Rob said that there was some um like apricot kind of flavors, it sort of seemed to pop in my mind, but it wasn't like an overwhelming fruit flavor like these are. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, it was fun. I think we did we did a fairly good job, but I I knew his was f- Funk
0: Factory, right? That he brought?
1: No, his was Perennial.
0: Oh, Perennial. Okay.
1: It was a Belgian style um uh from in wine barrels uh with cherries. Okay. All right. So um, as we kind of continue to sip on these, we all had a good St. Patrick's Day, um, had some pretty standard St. Patrick's Day sort of fare and beer down at the local parade. Uh, we were out at Obed and Isaac's here in Peoria, which... I definitely think they've solidified a lot of their house beer game.
0: Yeah, we'll have to give it a try soon.
1: Uh, and, and the food, of course, Again, was, soon, I was should say. corned beef in just about any way possible, which I can usually stomach about once a year. That's fine. But I heard that you told me that Rob said the smoked corned beef brisket went over superbly. They said
0: out of slow hand they did uh, smoked corn corned beef, and that was all they had, I think, with... Uh,
1: he said they got like 14 of them. It's all they the had ref- a lot.
0: refrigerator could fit. That's all the f- the refrigerator and smoker could fit. So they basically took their normal menu, uh, which they're not even normally open on Sundays anyway. So they just said, hey, for St. Patrick's Day, we're just going to do the smoke. That doesn't taste the same. You think I poured them wrong? Either that or... Ugh. <laughs> And we digress. And we digress. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Uh. So yeah. So uh. They they wanted to do just corned beef and not have to worry about the normal menu on top of corned beef yeah. or anything like that. So, uh. Yeah. I don't know if it was fourteen. I don't know. I don't even know how you make corned beef and how you would smoke it in that whole process. But, uh. Basically, all that would fit in the smoker they got, and um. Yeah. After about probably an hour and a half or two hours of being open, they were almost sold out. Nice. So uh, we had just finished uh, a lunch at another place called Sullivan's that was, uh, that's a little Irish pub uh, up the street that had a terrific pulled corned beef sandwich. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was a little stuffed, so I didn't want to <laughs> uh, go uh, add some more calories to the day. So uh, so I, I didn't end up getting it, but uh, Rob was pretty excited about it, and he said it was a huge hit, and they'll definitely do it again. I think, uh, I don't know if they mentioned it or not, but I don't know if they decided... A long time ago, they're going to be open on St. Patrick's Day. I don't know if they were last year or.
1: I think they were. So apparently, the Heights has a uh, a nice little thing going on where they block off the the street there, and uh, they kind of make it family friendly until about four o'clock. Okay. So I know families that go down there, uh, hang out. They have face painting and all kinds of stuff. They have some live music, and then it turns a little bit, you know, a little crazier, you know, for the adults later on, hmm. which fine by me. Would if be you about.
0: Four hours into everyone drinking, so yeah. that's a good time yeah. to get the kids away.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I think that would be a fun stop next year. I Well, it depends, because next year St. Patrick's Day is going to be on a Tuesday, um, so it's yeah, going to be in the middle of the week. changes things up. But, Having know, it on a
0: weekend day, even if it is a Sunday, usually helps for everybody. So
1: Yeah, you go to the parade, the kids like that, and um, St. Patrick's Day is always a, a fun holiday, and everybody can be Irish, if even if they're
0: not. Yeah. But it was, I don't know, it was 45, maybe 50. Uh, it was sunny, not windy. So actually, for what we've endured over the last couple of months, uh, that's a pretty darn good uh, weather day. So I think it drew people out more because of that. And yep. the atmosphere was great. Uh, there was a lot of people outside. There was a couple different bands, and depending on where you were. Uh, I don't know, probably a couple thousand people were in the, in the vicinity would be my guess. And so, uh, poor brothers, you know, because they're really the main bar down in their area in that square, yeah. um, they had a packed area outside they're and inside. I mean, they it. had to be, yeah, they had a successful day for sure, and good for them. Yeah. And then, if Slow Hands was almost sold out of all of their uh, corned beef,
1: then that's a good day for them terrific. too.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's always nice to see local people coming out and supporting the local businesses too. So there's not a lot of franchises or anything like that on, on in that area. So you've nope, got nope. Sullivan's and a couple other bars and restaurants. And uh, there was uh, Hadad's brought in their some of their Euros that they are f- apparently famous, famous for and for. award-winning for. So they had like a tent that they were cooking out of, Perfect. serving outside. So just getting local businesses out and people supporting local was uh, made it a, a fun experience, too.
1: Yeah. Um, my wife did the uh, Blarney Blitz the day before, the morning of, where they did a 5K. And then they have a, a beer or two down at uh, Kelleher's. So... Peoria seemed to do it right this weekend with some activities on Saturday uh, and on Absolutely. Sunday. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I didn't make it down to the downtown area, but it probably wasn't going to be a good place to go anyway. Yeah. Um, speaking of March uh, activities, uh, March Madness is coming up. Uh, I know that that is a, a registered trademark, so I don't know if we're going to get some copyright infringement just saying the word yeah. March Madness anymore. <laughs> but, uh that is one thing that I remember. We talked about a year ago. Remember, we were talking about Loyola Chicago, and uh, Sister Jean bringing in some good luck for the uh, the the Ramblers. Uh, they're not in this year's bracket, but there's probably a few here that might uh, fill in for that, you know, Cinderella team or that dark horse team. But uh, we can kind of run down a few of our favorite matchups. Uh, you can pick one and talk a little bit about it while we. Uh, stroll through this. Now, this is in no way is like an endorsement of any team. Don't use this for betting purposes. <laughs> we're just amateurs here, sort of picking who we think uh, we like.
0: Well, I always find the the tournament weekend. So we're here on Wednesday night. So uh, the big two days of sixteen games each day going on, basically from eleven a.m. till about eleven p.m. A gluttony uh, of s- games starts tomorrow. Starts in about uh, you know fifteen hours or so. And uh, I was just thinking earlier as like. This week, you know, the the Thursday, Friday at work, it's always like the weird elephant in the room as you walk around the office because you can tell there's people that are distracted. You can tell there's people that kind of want to talk about it, but they're not sure if they should because it's at work and <laughs> yeah. and things like that. And I just try to like, when I see people that are awkwardly around that or some people come to my desk and just kind of, you can tell they may want to talk about it or they're trying to do some small talk. It's like, we can talk about the tournament. It's like, it's not like it's a, taboo. a thing. Yeah, it's not taboo. It's not going to get you fired. Um... It's always the uh, the coincidental day where uh, instead of people you know taking a nice healthy lunch to go get a salad, they coincidentally want to go to a sports bar and have a burger for lunch, and are usually doing it from <laughs> twelve thirty to two. Oh, now nice. coincidentally around the time that that first round of games are all wrapping up, uh, taking time. a little longer lunch, so it's just kind of uh, interesting around the office. And um, but I always find it I always find it just kind of funny because. Um, usually there's a lot of people that just don't know how to act and, and are a little bit scared by it and things like <laughs> Amateurs. that. And I'm just like, you know what, this is kind of like, sometimes I work from home. Sometimes I go in early. Sometimes, you yeah. know, I'm not paying attention at all. It just kind of depends on the agenda, but it's like, you know, we're all humans here and it's a, uh, it's a fun part. And, and usually people find ways to get out of the office early, especially if the weather's good and, um, you know, meet up for a couple beers and watch some basketball. And um, this year, I believe they play tomorrow. We have a local team, Bradley. Bradley
1: Braves. Who, uh,
0: you know they were really good in the '80s when there just wasn't as many major big schools and powerhouses, and uh, they made a little bit of a comeback in the like mid to late '90s where they were really good in their conference, and then they had a run to the Sweet 16 a couple of years ago, probably 2006. I shouldn't say a couple of years ago, but it was. Uh, I think it was 2006. They had a, a couple NBA guys and and had a good run. That year, um, but it's definitely been uh, as the the Big Five or Power Five have grown, uh, the right. their conference is definitely a lot weaker, and they probably struggle with recruiting because of that. So, they won their conference. They play Michigan State. They're twenty point underdogs, so it's probably going to be a bloodbath. But uh, the town around here is excited. And, um, so it'll be, it'll, it's always just kind of cool to see a local team, uh, get to the tournament, even though it doesn't happen very often, but. And they uh, got
1: there by means of winning the Missouri Valley tournament. They were
0: fifth in the conference and, uh, they had to, you know, win the tournament or else their season was done. And they won the tournament. University of Illinois had, was in the same boat and didn't make it past the second game. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But, but you know, for, for that, you didn't, you never know those kind of teams. Uh, UMBC last year dropping UVA in the first round. So.
0: Um, you, you, that hurts you get, for those U, you, uh, UVA alums. Yeah, alarms.
1: yeah my, uh, my my Wahoo wah didn't get too loud that year, <laughs> even though I had them picked on my brackets. Uh, right now we still have one of the uh, play-in games playing. Uh, it's uh, currently right now NC Central is leading North Dakota State University. So
0: uh, we also have... Um, Interesting. They were down by like 12 at halftime or something as we were setting up. So
1: And then we'll have St. John's and Arizona State... Uh, coming up after that, so that'll kind of play into the your your bracket bracket. Um, everyone likes the five twelve upsets; uh, those are popular, and the seven ten upsets; those tend to be popular ones to pick. But I know that a lot of people like Liberty this year. They play Mississippi State; that's a five twelve matchup um, in the East region. Uh, I know a lot of guys have picked Belmont, and they won their play-in game yesterday. Handedly. Yeah, and they're going to play kind of a banged-up Maryland team, so people like Belmont to move along. And then, of course, they would end up playing the winner of LSU-Yale, which a lot of folks have picked Yale because of LSU's coach is under investigation, so he's a suspended. <laughs> yeah. So that's a lot of drama with that team. A lot of team. drama going on there. So that could be some places to to really watch some upsets there. But I th- I see Michigan State coming out of the lower half of that bracket. Um, since they're you know still a pretty strong team and uh, probably meeting up with Duke there towards the Elite Eight.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be an exciting first round between those um, probably, we'll call it the four seeds, through like the seven. So I guess that's really four games per bracket. I think you'll have a decent amount of upsets there, but I, I'd say for the most part, I think it's fairly top-heavy. So, yeah, you know, I think our final four will probably be a mix of ones and twos. Maybe a three will sneak in like a Texas Tech or... Um, I guess Purdue is probably my other pick that that would be a three seed to sneak in. Um, but outside of that, I think it's it'll probably be some excitement in the uh, the middle seating areas, and uh, probably first couple of days will be pretty crazy. And then it um, always
1: is, and then it always calms down after that. Calm
0: down the second round of games on uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then your Sweet Sixteen will probably be mostly ones, twos, and threes, and then a few kind of random one stragglers like like a six
1: Iowa State you know Iowa State definitely <laughs> um you know maybe a not UC biased Irvine at all.
0: or an Oregon gets through or a Belmont yeah but, people uh,
1: like Oregon and UC Irvine there too because they're playing you know some teams that have kind of lost some of their key players or they're not playing quite as well this time of year yeah. or Oregon's really hitting a good stride right now and Dana Altman who used to be with Creighton great coach uh still up at Oregon um of course, uh, our uh, our southern foodie and uh, soon-to-be Belgian beer expert, Brian, his Tennessee Volunteers are a two-seed. I don't see Virginia you know, tripping over their own you-know-what coming into this tournament. I think uh, Coach Tony Bennett's probably got some stuff figured out and got these guys calmed down. Um, but I would love for Iowa State to get a little bit farther this year. Um, but meeting up with Houston in that second round is going to be a tough game.
0: Yeah, that'll be in Tulsa, so it'll be uh, kind of splitting the difference between Houston and uh, Ames. And, Our fans uh, will come down. Ames Ames people, they don't have a lot going on, so they, don't. Uh, they travel well because of that, and good <laughs> they <do>. for them. <laughs> they so, do. Good for Iowa State and the Cyclones. So yeah, it'll be a fun weekend, and uh, we will be in Chicago, so uh, we were talking about before, I'm going to have a little bit of a few family trips here in the next uh, couple of months, and I think uh, probably for the first time in a year or two, I'm going to try to make it a priority to go to a couple breweries. Um, yep. You know, we haven't uh, tried to, to venture off as much uh, maybe the last 12 or 18 months um, just with so many beers in my house and I not never needing to buy more. Not, and not needing, <laughs> not, not being able to leave because you've got kids. And then uh, definitely the last few months we've been a little bogged down. So I think with the weather warming up, everything else, um, alarmist, who we've talked about after they won some uh, uh, GABF awards, they are supposedly making some great IPAs. I shouldn't say supposedly because I have had one of them, and it, w- Le juice. it was great. And so I make sure to get to their tap room. I don't even know exactly where in the city it is, but a friend, well, of a friend of mine was there. Friend of mine was there last weekend. Said it was really good. They had some really good things on draft. So uh, we'll try that. Maybe uh, another spot or two that just has uh, good family friendly. Uh, environment and uh, kind of go from there. So it'll be a fun uh, fun few days watching some sports and hopefully enjoying some warm weather and, and whatnot. So I think we're moving on to a pastry stout here as uh, kind of our other beer to have uh, while we're talking here. So uh, this past weekend, I will say speaking uh, of there was pastry stouts, kind of uh, a new fun event that I don't think I heard a single thing about. Until a lot of people I follow on social media were talking about it on basically Saturday, maybe even Friday, but I think on Friday I saw people talking about using the word Pastry Town, and I thought that that's just like the new hip <laughs> name for <laughs> name Pastry for Stouts. Wherever like, you're going to go, have I'm going your to past- Pastry Town, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Pastry Town could be in Chicago, depending on the brewery you're going to. It could be in Los Angeles, wherever. So. It uh, turns out that other half threw a big beer festival in Brooklyn this past weekend, and it was called Pastry Town. Smart, and so, uh, smart.
1: Love those guys.
0: You know, it's uh, it's really when, when you look at the event page, um, it just looks like what a child would draw up with like a, a bunch of candy bars and just different things, like from an artistic standpoint of just what sugary chocolate looks like uh from a visual standpoint so um i just found yeah, that it looks, kind like, of funny. An shop, it looks like, like an ice cream shop it looks like an ice cream um, shop absolutely yeah um you know
1: board or something I Think there's
0: an ice cream cone and maybe some sprinkles and just different things going on so uh it was really funny just pulling up um the page for that because finally i started seeing so many people checking into this pastry town i was like all right it, it can't be the new thing that quickly so what's going on and i figured out that other half through a festival and um I guess having kids and everything else kind of gets you out of the loop of some of those newer, bigger things uh, early on. So, But, you know, looking at the beer list, I mean, there's some really, really impressive things, but I do believe that it was nothing but pastry stouts. And I can only imagine how all these people must have felt on Sunday. And by God, all those people that flew in for that, I just can't imagine what those planes must have smelled like when everyone was flying home to wherever they were going on Sunday after all this I hope they um, had a truck outside with like
1: IVs and insulin My shots gosh.
0: but uh you know 3 Suns was there with double barrel vanilla summation uh, I can only imagine Oof. how great that is Ailsmith brought a variety of their Speedway series which we've talked about on here as definitely off the hype train because they've been doing it for a long time, but they really have excelled with that program. Equilibrium, I think for the most part, they're only known for Hazy's. Hazies. Uh, Although did, they
1: just recently re- released, I think, a pastry stout. Like, only recently.
0: And maybe, that's, maybe it was for this, I don't know. It was <laughs> One was called Barrel-Aged Pastry Syrup Sandwiches. <laughs> I mean, so some of the names of these civil society, they're known mainly for hazies too. Um, they had... A bunch of barrel-aged beers. Finback. I mean, a lot of these. Did places, Hudson Valley
1: have a pastry stout?
0: Hudson Valley had something there. Um, I don't know all the names of these, and not all the descriptions were on there. But Jay uh, Wakefield, Jay Wakefield, Grim. They're mainly Horace. known for hazy IPAs. Uh, Horace is known for stouts. Foragers known for stouts. They took uh, a couple new yeah, ones. Forager. In we've had we've had we've like
1: Nillers and uh, the Morning um, Breakfast Nook. I yeah, mean, I remember. I remember. Michael thought it just tasted like that last bit of your breakfast plate with a little everything <laughs> yeah, on it, like right. pancake syrup, a
0: little co- little slug of coffee. Yep. But uh, yeah, so Moore took uh, barrel aged ten of marshmallow, coconut city, double vanilla marbles. I guess double vanilla marbles. That's a sour, so or a uh, milkshake style IPA. So maybe it wasn't all, or maybe it was. <laughs> If it wasn't a pastry stout, it had to be very pastry-esque. Like yeah, a, with lactose. As well, long as you lactose, added lactose yeah, in it, exactly. it was fine. So uh, Perennial took Coconut Abraxas, BA Sump. Oh, Coconut Abraxas. A Sump variant. Um, I mean, the, the list here is really, really impressive. Um And then really the last uh, one that I, I know people probably got really crazy over was Three Chiefs. So... Uh, their stouts, I've heard, you know, some of these beer festivals, people, people wait in line for two hours for a two ounce pour. No, I won't. Um, I I mean, I just... It's one thing, I guess, at Dark Lord Day when we do that, but you're outside, and you've got bottles, kind of the... drinking beers. You're just—it's more just hanging out. Um, when you're stuck in one of these big halls and you can't really move or get out. I remember or how whatever.
1: long we waited for chemtrail.
0: Yeah, I mean, some of that. I mean, it's one thing if you can come, but we and go had a, a bottle or two, and, and you can that. meet up
1: people in yeah. line, and you're you start sharing with new people in line, yeah. and so it's like you're over where you were standing before, but this yeah. time you're
0: just standing in line for a beer. Right. But uh, so yeah, it's that's one that people really go crazy about. Faha is, is one that I oh, yeah. think was a big one that, uh,
1: that they're coconut that they've
0: come out with. And that was there at this festival. So I have to assume the line was long for them. Um, but, Oh, definitely. It's, I don't know. I, it, I always wonder how these breweries are able to get all of these extra beers from these other breweries. You know, it's like, cause they're all buddies, you know, uh, Microphone. they threw a uh, beer festival last year for the first time up, uh, up by them in the North suburbs of Chicago. And they had one of the best lineups with bottle logic and some of these really, really small batch type places. It's like, how do these, these, uh, these breweries just, they're just like, yeah, we'll just send, you know, 20 bottles to this festival or I, mean, I, think, I guess I it think, gets their name out there.
1: Yeah. And I know that they hoard, you know, like Jay Wakefield probably hoards a good percentage of every batch behind just so they're for festivals like this um because these are the kind of festivals that i think they like they don't want to show up at um the great american beer festival or the craft brewers conference and bring some of their big adjunct stouts you know yeah, these
0: don't even have awards a lot of these it's just more of, or they're just one-offs yeah
1: and this is the kind of place where those shine because they get the crowds that they do like the Instagram influencers and the social media experts out there that are going to post the ever living hell out of these uh, beers and the the breweries and the 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 other people there. So it's sort of a you know kind of a who's who in 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 craft brewing that's not sort of like on the Sam Adams echelon
0: kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. I yeah, and I just I think it's awesome that all these places and will I, do this for each other. It just you know, I've seen three chiefs just in the last couple of months at like three or four different festivals. It's like, wow, how do they have all these bottles or yeah. or uh, six dolls or whatever to take to these things and still have enough to, you know, put on site at their own place yeah. or their own festival or because they're showing anniversary up to a party, you know, just to think Day, of,
1: and they're showing up to this and Tampa Beer Festival, yeah. and then they're showing up to the Extreme Beer Festival yep. and. Yeah, so I don't, it's, I don't know. It's
0: really cool how they've there's so many of these really, really popular, highly sought after places that will, uh, you know, I don't know if it's you know they probably sell them or they probably get a little bit of a kickback from the money from the festival, but they're not making a ton of money off of it either. But it's just a way of kind of partner partnering up. It's an and they're industry. probably
1: not getting charged to come there yeah. like you would at the Great American Beer Festival, right. where the breweries get charged to show up there. And there's so many like regulations and volunteers and stuff, so. Yeah, I think these are the these are the ones that the these brewers like, and you see these same kind of you know breweries all sort of doing Definitely. things together, um, and and that's that's what makes that fun. And hell, I'd 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 really be excited to go to something like that. Even though Dark Lord Day is a, a a fun day, this would just be on a this would be a completely different beer festival. Yeah, completely.
0: Yep, absolutely. So
1: so do you think this tastes like suntan lotion a little bit? Um. <laughs> I mean, not a bad way, but a it has that suntan bit. lotion sort of smell to it.
0: Yeah, and there was a beer that we were talking about with some people about a week ago that uh, a lot of people... Oh, I think it was Coconut Medianoche that throws a lot of people off because it's very suntan lotion-y. And I just love Coconut Medianoche and, and don't get at least that flavor profile from a negative aspect or something that would kind of turn you know turn me away from it.
1: Uh, I just love their um, these bottles. Uh, this is called Honolulu from Aslin. It's an Imperial Stout. It is aged uh, on bourbon barrels, and it's got coconut coffee, and it's sixteen point five percent. So this is a five hundred mL bottle. I love their little logo logo and their um, font that they use for these beers, like Westchester, Beaumont, Honolulu. I mean, this is not. In the the collection of Virginia cities, you know, like Westchester, Beaumont, and Herndon, and all those. But this is sort of their take on sort of that, I guess, series with... Which is why they have suntan lotion. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) That's probably why uh, coconut was paired up with Honolulu. Yeah,
1: coconut and coffee. Coconut and coffee. Well, and, you know, those are two very Hawaiian things, coconut and coffee. Although I'm not a big fan of Hawaiian coffee, like Kona coffee. You know, I don't think I've ever had that. Light roasted, it doesn't really bring a, you know, a ton of flavor to the table. Um, I like bold coffees. I mean, it's good when you're in Hawaii yeah. and drinking it. But. Yeah,
0: I like yeah, I like bold, you know, coffee, tea, obviously beer. Then we get into bourbon and wine. I just I really like bold flavors and it's got great uh, mouthfeel. It's I think not, it's nice
1: for like this is sixteen point five percent. Oh
0: yeah, this is the one that was sixteen. Not I mean, 13. this does That's not right.
1: taste. 16.5 no, percent all
0: it does not at all
1: these aslan stouts hide it well
0: they really do because uh the vanilla one um we were just talking about it but that's oh, 17 yeah well,
1: what one was that um, called <laughs> that wasn't herndon was it
0: no that's not Herndon. was it a virginia um, city it was uh <laughs> shoot um, Be- beaumont 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 is it beaumont yeah beaumont oh yeah um that's like seventeen percent. I mean that's a you big know, we boy. You know, we're talking about it with Mark and comparing that's, it to vanilla rye, and vanilla rye I think was twelve or thirteen percent and
1: That's like Jay Wakefield like it is. category. Absolutely, in but it's
0: not sugary. It's not This is sweet though. It's it's definitely sweet. Uh it's definitely chocolatey. Um I do think a lot of these types of stouts are definitely yeah, I mean it's I, I guess we would call it a pastry stout to some extent, even though I hate that term. I really hate that term, but... It's
1: kind of like how beer nerds, like r- people who really enjoy... I hate the term beer nerd. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Just like pastry stout. And really at this point, you know, the hazy IPA, because instantly they think that you're drinking it because it tastes like juice and you don't like anything bitter. No, right. I love bitter beers. Right. But those things are a party. Like they're fun to drink. They they go down really smooth. And when you want something nice and fruity, they're great. But... Like we have always said, give me a nice, good West Coast style double IPA. Absolutely. Like that's why. That's why I brewed. That, I was gonna say, like what you just. That's <laughs> why I brewed that because I was like, I want something that's bitter. I want bitter back. Yeah. And it's still got a lot of dry hopping to it, which gives it a good aroma. But yep. it's got a. It's got the the sort of bitter backbone to support it.
0: Yeah, but when you think of, I'm trying to think of maybe like a Founder's Imperial Stout or, uh, like a Samuel Smiths or some of those really old school type of Imperial stouts that uh, probably were being made pre 2008, 2007 uh, before a lot of the hype really started building. Those had a, a lot different characteristics than what an Imperial stout has today. I mean, the Imperial stout of today is very chocolatey and a yeah. lot of them are probably made with <laughs> some chocolate. Poured chocolate into malt. It. Uh, yeah. Chocolate malt and, and, Cocoa nibs is a big one, just to add some sugar and all of that. That uh, just really definitely get to where people call it a pastry stout. But um, and like, I do still like how this isn't overly sugary. It's not. Uh, it's not just so bold and it's. You know, some of not, them have five or six different ingredients it can be a to mess. it, and they kind of get to be a mess. They're unbalanced and things like that. And I think this all flows really nice. I don't get a ton of coffee. Uh, no, The coconut's pretty strong, uh, but that's not I a bad the, thing. I, yeah, think I think it's the, really well-balanced. The coconut's really overpowering the coffee. The barrel comes through nicely. Uh, it's, yeah, this is a well-made beer. And, and I'll be honest, I thought I heard that this was infected. Oh. So I didn't want to say anything till we opened it. Definitely uh, not infected. I had, I had a backup beer ready in case it was <laughs> infected. We wanted to open something else. Um but uh, it is absolutely delicious, and it's not, not infected. infected at all. No, no way whatsoever. Um, we got lucky. And I don't think there's a ton of hype train on this. I'm not really for sure. I haven't uh, seen a ton of posts about it since it was first released, but this is something that if you like a barrel-aged stout with coconut, it's something to seek out. It is, And we've talked about Aslan before. I mean, they're doing an exceptional exceptional job, and this is not a miss by any means from that.
1: Yep, and I love their artwork. It has that kind of like... Um, uh, the Beatles' "Yellow Submarine" uh, artwork, cartoonish look to it. Um, the and
0: the font the font is from "Yellow Submarine." All, it's got to yeah. be the exact same one it's that "Yellow be. Submarine" uses. I'm sure that's like the cool. you know the
1: patent font, yeah. patented, yeah, pat, pat pat patented 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 font um, of that. But you know, it's got it's got a lot, a lot of good cartoonish look of like Diamond Head there with Honolulu in the background.
0: I oh, love yeah. it. Absolutely gets me love excited
1: it. for spring break. So it does. Spring break's coming up for. Uh, Mark should have
0: taken one of these with him.
1: Yeah, he didn't. But he took a lot of hazies, and he did. you know he'll be fine because he's got his honey hole down there that he likes to go to yep. down there in Destin. Um, I'm planning on hitting up uh, Angry Chair. So speaking of Florida pastry stouts in the 80 degree weather, sounds like that's what I'm going to do. Hopefully, we'll have a chance to go to Cigar City, but um, that's also going to be coupled with a trip to Legoland. So. You know, we're, we're doing it for, uh, um, uh, spring break, uh, heading down to Florida. So I can't wait for some actual nice weather. It looks it yeah. looks good.
0: Relaxation. I'm sure the kids are extremely excited.
1: Other than that, we've got, uh, nothing planned and it is usually pool beach, pool beach, pool beach. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's nope. the way
0: to, that's the way to do it when you're getting out of the cold and just getting away for a little bit of time.
1: Yep. So, uh, cheers to March Madness. Um, thanks for sharing the cherries. And uh, hopefully we'll see you guys back soon. This Mark and
0: Dan, uh, we miss you, but have a good spring break. Can't wait to get some meat on here in the near future. Uh,
1: some mead, yes. Sneak preview. Sneak preview. Cheers. Cheers.